Welcome to the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics. Welcome back to our podcast series, and today we're going to be talking about thyroid goiter with Dr. Brandon Jackson, general surgeon from Kalafong Tertiary Academic Hospital. Welcome back, Dr. Jackson. What is a goiter? A thyroid goiter is an abnormal enlargement of the thyroid gland that may be diffusely smooth, which is when the entire thyroid swells, or it may be nodular, when the thyroid contains single or multiple nodules. How common are thyroid nodules? Thyroid nodules can occur in about 4-8% to of the general population with up to about 12% of those having malignancy. So what would be the approach to a patient presenting with a thyroid goiter? The clinician should start with appropriate history and examination. History should include age, uh, length of time of presentation of, of the goiter, rapidity of growth, um, family history of thyroid cancer, any history of neck irradiation, uh, all the compressive symptoms, etc. The clinician also needs to inquire about the functionality of the thyroid gland, such as palpitations, nervousness, heat intolerance, weight loss, etc. Um, and all these may indicate hypothyroidism, where hypothyroidism would have the opposite symptoms to that of um, with that of decreased metabolism. Graves' disease, uh, one of the autoimmune diseases of the thyroid, can present with a typical triad of thyroid goiter, hypothyroidism, and eye changes such as exophthalmos. How do we interpret a thyroid function test? The thyroid function test includes your thyroid stimulating hormone, also known as your TSH, the free thyroxine, also known as the free um, T4, or your free triiodothyronine, also known as the free T3. These three parameters will determine if the patient is euthyroid, hyperthyroid, or hypothyroid. One of the main reasons to do the thyroid function test up front is to exclude hyperthyroidism. If the patient is hyperthyroid, how does this change your management? So all patients with a thyroid goiter will require an ultrasound to assess the anatomical characteristics of the goiter. However, the patient with hyperthyroidism will also require a radioactive iodine scan uh, or a technician per scan to determine the cause of the hyperthyroidism. The radioactive iodine scan will determine if there is an increased radioactive iodine uptake or a normal radioactive iodine uptake. The reason for this is that a thyroid storm may be caused by biopsying a hyperfunctioning nodule. A commonly used investigation is a nuclear medicine thyroid scan. How would we interpret this if the scan shows an overactive thyroid? It's due to the whole gland or some part of the gland that is overactive, such as Graves' disease, hyperfunctioning adenoma, or Plum's disease. Whereas a normal uptake scan indicates that the gland itself is not overactive, but rather an increased release of its stored thyroid hormones, such as in from acute or subacute thyroiditis, drug-induced, such as in amiodarone, or physiological response. Once the cause of hyperthyroidism is classified, then appropriate treatment should be started, which may be in the form of medication or radioactive ID ablation therapy. Treating a patient with hyperthyroidism is important, especially since invasive procedures such as a thyroid biopsy operation could stimulate a thyroid storm. The thyroid scan may also give additional information of the characteristics of a thyroid nodule. A cold nodule, meaning that there is less uptake than the surrounding thyroid tissue, is highly suspicious and has a 16-20% to 20% risk of malignancy. 
You mentioned that a thyroid ultrasound is used to assess the characteristics of the goiter or a nodule. What are the advantages of doing an ultrasound? The ultrasound assessment can provide detailed information that may indicate if the thyroid goiter is benign or malignant. Two main advantages of thyroid ultrasound examination are the description of features and determining the size of the nodule. Combinations of ultrasound signs that has been shown to increase the accuracy of the diagnosis and can be classified using the thyroid imaging reporting and data systems also known as the TIRADS classification. TIRADS is classified as from 1 to 5. Um, the higher the TIRADS classification, the higher the risk of malignancy. So once you've done your ultrasound, what is the next step? A thyroid biopsy in the form of fine needle aspiration will be required. In the scenario where the patient is hyperthyroid, oral propranolol should be started before the biopsy to prevent a thyroid storm. Ultrasound should be performed before biopsy to prevent distortion of the thyroid architecture and the ultrasound is able to, also to guide the biopsy of the most suspicious area. Fine needle aspiration can be highly accurate. There is also a grade for the risk of malignancy known as the Bethesda system for reporting thyroid cytopathology. This system is classified from 1 to 6, 1 being um, non-diagnostic or unsatisfactory where the risk of malignancy is very low from 1 to 4%, whereas a Bethesda 6 will be considered very highly malignant um, and the risk of malignancy there is about 97 almost to 99%. How does the fine needle aspiration result influence the management of your patient? So Bethesda 1 requires a repeat uh, fine needle aspiration, whereas a Bethesda 2 just needs to be observed. Bethesda 5 um, and 6, meaning that it's highly, uh, the, the chance of malignancy is very high, will require thyroid surgery. The problem is Bethesda 3 and 4, which is also considered the indeterminate group, are not always straightforward and options available include either uh, repeating the fine needle aspiration or performing surgery. What are the most common types of thyroid cancer? There are four common types of thyroid cancer including papillary, follicular, medullary and anaplastic carcinoma. Papillary thyroid carcinoma is the most common um, globally but not always so in iodine deficient areas. Papillary thyroid carcinoma also spreads via lymphatics whereas follicular carcinoma spreads hematogenously. You also get a medullary carcinoma which arises from parafollicular cells situated in the thyroid gland that produces calcitonin. Patients with medullary carcinoma should be investigated for multiple endocrine neoplasia syndrome. Anaplastic carcinoma is an undifferentiated carcinoma which is very aggressive with a high mortality. Unfortunately, fine needle aspiration features do not always allow for follicular carcinoma to be distinguished from follicular adenoma and requires thyroid surgery, meaning that you require histology. If the diagnosis of thyroid carcinoma is known, then what is the actual treatment? The patient would require a total thyroidectomy. However, if the nodule is indeterminate, then a lobectomy may be all that is required. What are some other reasons to offer a patient thyroid surgery? So, compression symptoms such as pressure effect on the esophagus or trachea, uh, cosmetic, um, a failed medical treatment for hyperthyroidism, um, and also patients with a large repetitive goiter. What would be some common complications or feared complications after a total thyroidectomy? Common complications, um, although rare from a, a thyroid operation, includes recurrent laryngeal nerve injury, external branch of a superior laryngeal nerve injury. You can have hypoparathyroidism as well as hemorrhage.
Once you've done the surgery, is there any adjuvant therapy for thyroid cancer? So you can offer the patient radioactive iodine ablation post-thyroid surgery, um, which may be indicated in certain patients. Radioactive iodine um, ablation should be administered 2 to 12 weeks post-surgery. Are there any other treatment options that we can offer these patients? Post-operative treatment post-thyroid cancer surgery requires thyroid hormone replacement therapy for two reasons. The replacement therapy prevents symptoms of hypothyroidism, but more importantly, the replacement therapy is used as a suppression therapy. The thyroid hormone replacement causes a negative feedback by inhibiting the anterior pituitary release of thyroid-stimulating hormone, or also known as your TSH. Any microscopic thyroid cells reactive to the TSH that may still be present is therefore suppressed. Therefore, the suppression therapy should not be started before the ablation um, as radioactive iodine ablation requires microscopic thyroid cells to take up the radioactive iodine, which therefore requires TSH. Do you have any final comments regarding a thyroid goiter? So all patients with a goiter needs to be investigated for malignancy and also, um, very importantly, never biopsy a thyroid nodule without first excluding hyperthyroidism. Thank you very much, Dr. Jackson, for a nice overview of thyroid goiter. This edition of the Students of Surgery podcast has been produced by TuxFM. Visit www.tuxfm.co.za for young, fresh, and relevant content. That was another edition of the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics. 